Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, we visited a silent book club at a lesbian bar here in Chicago, and it was just as magical as you can imagine. Come in. Nobody's going to bother you. Read what you want. Stay as long as you want. Talk to whoever or don't. That's fine with us. But first, let's sit back and unwind from the week that was with two excellent humans with us this week are two of my esteemed colleagues. We have the host of the Rundown podcast in the afternoons, Aaron Allen. Aaron, welcome back. Thank you, cousin. I'm I'm channeling the bear. <laughs> yes, chef. <laughs> also here is WBEZ Metro reporter and the host of the Morning Rundown, Adora Namigade. Adora, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. So it has been a while since we played Burden or Delight. And between this cold weather and a couple of other stories, I think we are due. So I want to start with the cold. Here in Chicago, we had several consecutive days of sub-zero temperatures. But it's been cold across the United States. Um, I do understand that, like, at first glance, this is maybe just obvious burden to y'all. And that's totally fair. But I kind of think there are some layers to this one. So I'm curious if you two agree. Adora, I mean, you and I were just talking about how, like, you're trying to lean into to good winter vibes these days burden or delight for the cold weather no exactly i'm trying to lean in because i have no choice you know what i mean i live in chicago so i'm surrendering to the ice (laughs) and cold and frostbite okay (laughs) so i'm gonna say that this was a quarter delight okay a quarter delight okay It was three-fourths of burden. It was given frostbite. I had to go out and report. (gasps) No, that is burden. That was not it. That is burden. That was not it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That was also due to my own procrastination, Loki. So really told me I need to not procrastinate. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Um, But then the delight part was like, so I'm trying to lean into this like nesting hibernation energy. You know what I mean? I feel like winter is this time where I can like curl into myself, be introspective, work on these things that are more about being than doing. You know what I mean? Get to these deep philosophical roots. And so on these days, I made a chai on the stove. Okay, that's how they make oh, it in Uganda. I was boiling yep. my milk, dropping my cardamom pods in, cinnamon okay, stick. Okay, exactly. <laughs> pouring it through the little sifter thingy. See? Is that yep, what it's yep. Yeah. Sev. So, Sev, thank you. So, yeah, yeah, I was, I mean, I was living. I was drinking authentic yeah. chai, wearing my pajamas, <laughs> and just moisturizing my hair a lot. Yeah, there so you yeah. go. I mean, I will say, as someone who grew up in Fairbanks, Alaska, a literal Arctic desert... I think there is something about like really fucking cold, sunny days that are so like mm. the light is so beautiful. Mm. I like admiring it from the indoors, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's really lovely. What about you, Aaron? I mean, you have a January birthday, so I assume you're like, do you lean into this stuff or are you over it? I mean, I have no choice, right? Like, I grew up in the Midwest. I mean, yeah. it's you know, and my mom, you know, she did a good job. We went, we would do this this winter sports. Oh, nice. oh, that's cool. You know, we would go skiing. 
Oh, yeah. Um, but I still hate it. You know, it's still very <laughs> trash. You know, I mean, for my birthday, like I want to, you know, I want to go outside and like yeah. I want to have I have a, I live on the garden level now. I would like to have a party in my garden, mm. you know, like it, it would be great. You know, I still very much loathe the fact that I can't have a fun summer birthday gatherings, even though I guess I probably still could. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I will say I think another upside of like when it gets, you know, the thing about surviving a couple days of eight below is that all of a sudden 18 above is like, oh, oh no, that's true. That's really how I feel today. Comfortable out mm-hmm. here. So, you know, I mean, those are the upsides I found. So, Aaron, you're it sounds like you're full burden on this one. Yeah, full burden, full okay, burden. Fair enough. Um, it's sad because she started out like, oh, yeah, like I was doing winter sports. And then all of a sudden it was like, but no, I hate it. I was like, dang, my mom tried. <laughs> yeah, it's out of it's out of necessity so that I don't go totally crazy that, mm. you know, you just make peace with it and you do what you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, let's change gears to another story. This one is about how the federal government is making it illegal for departments of transportation to write funny oh, DUI man. messages on freeways. I think this one is hilarious. You probably, they're like pretty abundant in Chicago. Um, There was one in this article from Pennsylvania that said, don't drive star spangled hammered. (laughs) Um, One example from Nevada was texting and driving. Oh, sell no. Um, There was also one only reindeer can fly. Watch your speed. Um, it's funny because whenever I see them in Chicago, I'm always like, I want to remember that because it's so ridiculous. And then, of course, I forget them because they're so weird. It's giving dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, burden or delight losing these off the freeway? I think it's a burden to lose these. OK. Yeah. And also kind of upsets me because I think it's fake because I'm like the federal agency that declared this. You're not banning digital flashing, moving billboards. Okay. Those are very distracting. Okay. The commercial ones. True. So I'm like, if you're going to ban these pithy, cute little sayings that are just orange text on a black background. Yeah. Why don't you ban the billboards that are actually very distracting and completely remove your eyes off the road? So that bothers me. I am upset that we're going to lose these. That is a, a very good point, Adora. I was saying, okay, I'll say my point, and and but you kind of changed my mind a little bit. Ooh, good. I was gonna say burden because baby is very distractible. Okay, I'm like not mm. a good driver because of. So you think the signs are a burden in the first place is what you're saying? I, what I'll say is that the signs are delightful. You know, I'm not mad at the oh. dad joke. They're really funny. Okay, but because okay. I love them so much. I am distracted oh, by them. <laughs> I see. Especially I see. as a person who's very distractible. I will yeah. stare at the billboard. I'll, I'll, man, dare I say. You'll think uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll think about it. I will even, even sometimes like quick look back <laughs> to like, what did I say? You know, and then, and then, you know, I, I also like the moon sometimes catches my eye. Mm. The moon is beautiful. The moon is gorgeous. The moon is perfectly gorgeous. I'm like, damn, it's a clear sky and I'm on the road. Like, it's y'all better look mood. out. <laughs> so Country funny. roads take me home. I love that. Exactly. I love that. And so I I I do um yeah, I do kind of I'm I'm happy about this for drivers like me. But uh mm. On the other hand, you know, Adora, you're right. There's a lot of stuff that distracts us that, unlike the moon, we do have control over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for this last one, 
This, I am so excited to talk about this story because this is a submission to the New York Times newsletter, The Ethicist, and it made the rounds over the summer. And I have been haunted by it ever since. And I am so excited to hear what y'all think about this one. So this was a letter from a dude who has a trust fund. He gets $25,000 a month and his spouse of 15 years does not know about this. The spouse, I think he told his spouse that he's like a consultant or something, um, I have so many thoughts about this. The story is also like devastatingly short on details, but I think the main thing to know is that the spouse works really hard as a doctor and the dude is convinced that the spouse loves their job. Um, So my question to each of you is in the spirit of burden or delight, if you were the spouse and you found out after 15 years together that your husband did not work, but had $300,000 each year, would that be a burden or a delay? Because I feel like it's a complicated one. I am full burden on this. Same. Um, yeah. First of all, the d- the delight, we're already reaping the delight. Okay. The, the delight has <laughs> been, we've reached the, we've reached it. At this point, this is full burden. Like burden is all that's left here because. Because of the lie of it? Because of the lie. You know, I think um, it, it's it's just like. And, and, you know, this, let me just, can I just get on my soapbox for a second about this? Please, yeah. Go off. Yeah. Consulting yes. thing, because people be talking about, I'm a consultant, <laughs> you know? And that is, like, some type of weird attempt at, like, a hard stop, you know? Mm. And I'm just like, mm. I don't ever let that pass. If you tell me you're a consultant, I'm like, what type of consultant? Mm. What are you, that's telling me nothing. <laughs> in. You're trying to be vague. <laughs> what is it that you do? If it's top secret, oh just say it's top secret. Like, what is this? What is this? That's a great point, actually. Like, I don't know what any of my consultant friends do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what no. they do. Like, no. what do you question. mean by this? And th- this is why. Because yeah. it could be very much shady, a.k.a. nothing. It could be that I do nothing. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. Especially for your spouse. And then the other point that I really loved in the article was that, like, in the response with the columnist is, like, let's just reflect on the fact that your spouse is not apparently are not interested in what you do with your time. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Like this. <sighs> yeah. This is this yeah. is very much a bur- like y'all going to have now you're going to have to like take on the burden of like, OK, why aren't we communicating properly in our relationship? Yeah. Like, why don't why, why am I not tapped into your life? <laughs> like, you know, and yeah, I just feel like everybody in this situation needs to do better. Um, and yeah. that is, yeah. you know, it's just it's very much a rich asinine rich people shit situation <laughs> where it's just, I know we don't want to talk about money but like seriously 15 years I love the line about like uh I don't I've never had a full-time job and I don't intend to have one we live a like comfortable upper middle class <laughs> lifestyle it's like that those two no this is not upper middle class what you're describing. I know I was like dang what is upper middle class right does yeah, he not know I, or do I not know oh, right exactly. it's fascinating I also if my spouse did not have to work and just got that much money I would love the opportunity to reassess my own career aspirations right it's like sure maybe they love being a doctor but like maybe they could do that part-time maybe they could actually work at like a really lovely nonprofit that's exactly. doing, you know, that doesn't pay as much, but that feels like, you know, important work. Like, I just feel like the not enough information is being shared at all mm-hmm. in order of, in terms of like making decisions about the life that we 
supposedly share. Exactly. You can't make an educated decision without all the information. And like what, like what, um, we're taking his word for it. That the spouse is mm-hmm. cool. Look, to your point, Greta. Right, right. With, like, yeah, the spouse being this, yeah. this doctor, you know, like it could be that the spouse doesn't know what the hell this this person is doing every day. And so they're like, let me just go ahead and keep this job because I really don't understand right. what's going right. right. That's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I love my job too. However, my partner does not magically get $300,000 a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would change things. Yeah. What do you think, Adora? I agree with everything that you both said. I'm deeply disturbed by both. You know, I'm disturbed by both parties in the relationship. That's what's hard. Like, I feel more empathy for the spouse who is having the secret kept from them. Of course. Um, But I do also wonder, like, how interested they are in the person's life. Like, do you never ask? Like, how was your day? Exactly. What? What client are you working with right now? Consulting. Consultants tend to travel a lot. Like, oh, where are you staying in Miami for this? Just things like that. You know what I mean? So then I'm like, dang, it's just sad that this one large lie on the mm. writer's pa- part who submitted this question, mm-hmm. this one large lie, it has to be built on like mountains of tiny lies that helped keep up mm. that lie. So I think for yes. me as the spouse who had this secret kept from me, that is what would be most hurtful. It's like yes. you are lying to me yes. literally day in, day out for more than a decade because you think like do you think I'm gonna just try to take your money like do you not that's sad like I'm a doctor okay boo I'm a doctor I can make six figures without you do you know what I'm saying so I already have money and yeah so so to me that that's what's that's what's sad that's well and I was thinking about the like already the had the like maybe stealing my money thing and like I that's why a prenup exists you know is like there's actually like a pretty solid legal structure for like if you are make if you get a lot of money through this trust fund and you're like uncomfortable with the idea of sharing it completely or like how long this relationship will last or whatever like there are structures in place so that you can facilitate And the fact that that, y'all didn't talk about it, now you can't put the structures in place now. Now you're already married. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Now that spouse can peace out and get all of it. Yes, the whole thing is just very dumb. The spouse deserves to get all of it at this point. I'm sorry, this 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 trifling liar. What? Matter of fact, I'm divorcing you. Give me all the money, matter of fact. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They deserve it. That's what I thought. Even half. I would take half. Me too. (laughs) Of 25K (sighs) a month? That would change my life. That would change my life. No, it's really sad. I'm doing marriage counseling right now. And like mm. a big part of it was, hey, they they set us up with a financial firm because they're yeah. like, you have to talk about money. Yes. OK, you have to be transparent about your budgets. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to like you have to lay out there. You have to have common financial goals. Just like all this stuff that has to be discussed. Yeah. Kudos yeah. pre-marriage marriage counseling. You're doing yes. the exact opposite yes. of what these people <laughs> I'm trying to not have this future. I am really? trying to have the 25K a month, but I'm trying yeah. to have it be transparent. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Fun. That sounds great. I, I want that for I want that for yes. all of us. Thank Period. you. <laughs> we deserve it. No. <laughs> Adora, Aaron, thank you both so much for coming on. This was just this was full delight. Hey. Thank you for having us. We also enjoyed it. Yes, definitely. Right after the break, we're going to visit a silent book club where I pestered everyone very unsilently. (laughs) Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. 
Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. On a cold Sunday night in December, Nerdette producer Anna Bauman and I headed over to a basement bar to check out the scene. It is at capacity. Every seat is full. There are two lions sneaking out from the bar. Cocktail shakers are shaking. Music is playing. But people are not here to party, which surprised Juday, who was expecting a different situation. So I was with my friends, and I like Googling. I'm like, there's got to be a gay bar somewhere in this neighborhood. And I looked up this place, and I'm like, Dorothy. I was like, I'll meet a sugar daddy there. And I walk in, and I was like, no. This is completely the wrong bar because while it is packed, the people are here to read. Almost every single person here has their nose in a book. They are reading quietly because it is silent book club night at Dorothy. I like people. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, I don't really have anything to say to you. Yeah. I just want to read my little book. I love that. But you want to read your little book too. So now we can just do it next to each other. And here we are. You know? That is Charlie Schumann. They're the curator of Dorothy's Silent Book Club. One Sunday a month, the bar shifts from hip hangout to hip bookish hangout, which means they're turning up the lights a little more and turning down the music. And it is basically an introvert's dream in here. What is a silent book club, you ask? It's pretty simple. You don't have to read the same book. Everybody comes and they bring their own book. And yeah, it's also a way to meet, you know, people who like to read. Um, and specifically here at Dorothy's, since it's a lesbian bar, queer people who like to read and typically like to read queer books and queer literature. Unlike a traditional book club, you don't have to read the same book. That means no deadlines, no obligations to come up with something smart to say, no need to prepare a snack to share, no need to talk to anybody at all. You get to be surrounded by people who love books as much as you do. And they're popping up everywhere. According to the Silent Book Club website, there are over 500 chapters in 50 countries. It's low pressure. And I like that. I like, I personally think really benefit from like doing something alone, but around other people, like sort of the being alone together sort of situation. Like I feel like I really benefit from that. Um... It just feels better to me to be doing it with other people. And I think other people feel like that, too. As we mentioned, Charlie is the official curator for the Silent Book Club at Dorothy. That means they're available to offer up recommendations or answer questions. But mostly, they just get to hang out and soak up the good vibes. So how annoyed are people going to be that we're here and want to talk to them at a silent book club? (laughs) I think that they will be okay. One thing I think that people get confused about when they hear silent, um, I've had multiple people be like, so is nobody allowed to Nobody talk to me. Do you have to whisper? And I'm like, no, that's not the vibe at all. Like people come in and they read, but also people like talk to each other about what they're reading. And um, we have a group actually who comes in here and does like a book exchange, which is really cute. Um, So they come in and they do their little book exchange and talk about like the books that they're exchanging and that kind of stuff. So People are not going to be too annoyed, I think. I think they'll be happy to talk to you. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. It's fun because I'm always like the creep on the train who's like, what are you reading? So this is very exciting. And that is exactly what we did. What are you reading? It's called How to Be Animal. Cool. What's it about? It's a scientific exploration of the way in which humans are very much animal, even though we try to convince ourselves that we're not. 
Um, and I, I studied ecology when I was younger, and so I like STEMI, nerdy books. <laughs> Would you consider yourself an introvert? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> 100%. What is your sense of the evening so far? Um, I'm just really excited to be here. I'm here with my girlfriend, and we're just going to get drinks and read books together. So excited about that. That's awesome. What book did you bring? Um, I brought uh, Kiss Her Once for Me. So it's like a holiday tale about two girls that like fall in love. I'm reading Smile, the Story of a Face by Sarah Rule. How is it? Well, I'm on page one. Oh, wow. We really interrupted you at the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I came here because I have a 10-month-old at home, and I thought it would be um, quiet and maybe less crowded than my living room, but it's packed, which is great. So what brought you tonight? I'd actually been planning to go to Dorothy's for, like, the past year, but I never went to any of the events because I was like, ugh, like the bar scene and people and flirting and just lots of people. And so when the Silent Book Club started, I was like, oh, I can do this. And I sat like right over near the piano um, and I sat down in a chair area of like four chairs and I was like, okay, let's see if anyone sits next to me. And someone walked up and was like, can, my, uh, can me and my two friends sit here with you? And I was like, sure. And then we all became friends. As we were disrupting people's reading, we had to watch our step because readers were everywhere. This is a dark corner. It is. <laughs> you had like a little flashlight out and everything. There were no available chairs. <laughs> I got here. You're really you're like tucked in between some plants. You're doing it. It's very cozy. <laughs> Dorothy co-owner Whitney Lamora says this happens at every book club event. Our capacity is 120, but we don't have 120 seats. So people have sat on the floor. Um, my favorite that night that I've seen is somebody camped out in our photo booth and use that as a seat. And I was like, respect my friend, you know, <laughs> until someone needs to take a photo, like why not? It's a chair. Whitney says most Sundays at Dorothy are pretty quiet, but on silent book club days, there's often a line out the door. Thankfully to no one's surprise, readers make excellent customers. It was also like the most polite 100 people to ever walk in the door. They just silently lined up at the bar at two corners and everyone just one by one ordered a cocktail. And the bartenders noticed, too. We actually have, like, kind of a joke that they're, like, the nicest of all the people. Like, even though they are really, really busy days, they're not, like, hard or stressful to go into. It's true. Everyone was so nice. Like, we literally showed up and put microphones in a bunch of introverts' faces, and they were delighted to talk about how much they loved being in that space, reading alone together. So while you may not find a sugar daddy, people at Dorothy on Silent Book Club Night will meet you where you want to be met, which to Whitney, the bar's owner, is exactly the point. Come in. Nobody's going to bother you. Read what you want. Stay as long as you want. Talk to whoever or don't. That's fine with us. And of course, you know, we here at Nerdette have our own book club. It is once a month. You do have to read the same book as us, but you can participate as much or as little as you want. Our book this month is Jonathan Abernathy, You Are Kind. It's by Molly McGee. And if you do read it and you decide you want to chime in, all you have to do is record yourself on your little smartphone and then email that audio file to nerdettepodcast at gmail.com. 
And just to reiterate, our February selection is Kylie Reed's new book, Come and Get It, which I'm super excited for y'all to read along with that one. We'll have the author interview for that coming up the first Tuesday in February. And then in March, I am telling you right now that our selection is Martyr. It is already out. It is by Kaveh Akbar, and it is phenomenal. I can't wait for you to read that one too. So now you know, we're all set for the first three months of book club. This is all just very exciting. Nerdette is produced by me and Anna Bauman at WBEZ in Chicago and is part of the NPR network. And our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. We will see you next week. The ironic part... <laughs> Is I have a paper due at midnight, and I'm telling them, it's like, oh, like, I'll take my time. And I come in, and it's like, everyone's reading, studying. <laughs> do you feel terrible right now? I do. I, I feel bad. <laughs> in, in a lot of different ways. <laughs> Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.